The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. If your student is going to live on campus, they will need twin extra long sheets. The first thing people get wrong. The first thing people get freaked out about. The majority of students who enroll in college don't graduate in four years. Is my kid going to make friends? Are they going to fit in? Are they going to find their people at college? Are they going to fail a class? Between Beth and I, we have worked in higher education for 50 years. We really think that there's some opportunity for some great dialogue. From the Pod 617 studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's Twin XL. Now here's your host, Laura DeVoe and Beth Grampetro. So we have not been in the studio for so long that this is our second go yeah. of the intro to this episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's going to be great. It's going to be so awesome. So we're here to talk about the first six weeks of college. That's right. Today. It's, it's, it's actually the most important time. It is. Yes. And you know, I can say that back in fall of 1997, mm-hmm. when I arrived at Hofstra, I did the right stuff in the first six weeks. Like right. I made friends who I still talk to and I joined a club and I went to like welcome week stuff. But then those friends also convinced me to go to the really shitty bar down the street that you could get into with like a note from your <laughs> That's mom. Right, exactly. <laughs> like Epstein's and, mother. And yeah. so, you know, it all evened out, I guess, though, because exactly. I graduated. Um, hi. Hey, how are you? I'm great. Uh, welcome, everyone, to Twin XL. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Beth. And I am Laura. And yeah, first six weeks of college. Yes. Um, I don't want to scare anybody. I think it is true that they are critical weeks, and we're going to talk about why. But like, I really hate <laughs> any kind of narrative that's like, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. No. Like, no, like it's not that there's no recovery if the first six weeks no. don't go well for your student. Exactly. It is important in that the first six weeks kind of set the tone for what's going to happen. Um, I will say this, if your kid starts their first six weeks off completely going off the rails and saying, you know, class is optional. I really don't think I need to do this. Maybe if I smoke three times a day, that might be less than the five times I was doing at home. They, they, that first six weeks is really important. It's not just important for the students. It's also very important for the institutions. Um, what you will probably find is the institutions will doing a lot of outreach to your kids um, intentionally about getting them in to see advisors, getting them to activities, things of that nature, which we will talk about throughout. Um, I will remember the most important thing. My mother told me on my way out the door is don't go to the dining room without makeup on. That was very important (laughs) to my mother and um, has really truly set the tone for the rest of my living days. Yes. How would she, has she been on a college campus recently? No, the last time she was on a college campus was Syracuse University in 1964. In the dining hall? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that was back in the day where there were rules about women wearing trousers to the dining room and that wasn't appropriate. So anyway. Times have changed. They have changed. And it's it's mostly a good thing. But the first six (laughs) weeks have always been really important. So um, we're really excited about this particular episode because um, when it airs, will be around the time that students will be actually heading off to school and uh, you will be having your m- small nervous breakdown as uh, you send them off. So, so uh, some things that happen in the first six weeks, and we'll talk as we get further into this a little bit more in detail about some of these, but why they're so important <clears throat> on a positive note or just sort of like an, an active note 
you know, your student is learning to adjust to a college schedule, which is very different from high school. High school, like, obviously it varies depending on where you live, but it's a pretty prescribed schedule. They don't necessarily have a ton of choice in what classes they take. They uh, have to ask permission to use the restroom. You know, like, everything is kind of different and then they get to college and they they choose what classes with an advisor they have way more uh quote unquote free time yes though there is also plenty more work to do um and it's really much more of like motivating their themselves you know from within a lot more than they might have had to do in high school Mm -hmm. um obviously the first six weeks is the time when they're going to be making some friends hopefully they're going to begin their roommate relationship they might join a club or an organization or a club sports team Mm -hmm. or even a greek organization depending on the rules of their campus Uh, many campuses do not allow first year yeah first semester freshmen to rush rush, which that's a whole other episode that's another episode um (laughs) Unfortunately, though, this is a high-risk time for first-year students. Um, They're susceptible to something that's called the college effect, which is a not very creative name for. (laughs) They come to campus. They might have, like, some pretty healthy habits. They might not drink alcohol yet, or they might drink very little, or they might, you know, they might not be into a lot of the stuff that worries you as a parent. Mm -hmm. And then they get to college, and they see what other people are doing. Yes. And there is, unfortunately, a really pervasive image, both in media and just all of us, like, perceive, I think, like, well, college is where everyone, like, drinks like a fish and gets shit-faced all the time and Mm -hmm. parties. Yep. And whether or not there's evidence for them to see on their campus that there's actually a pretty big contingent of students that don't do that stuff, they're they're susceptible to thinking, oh, this is what everyone does. So this is what I need to do. Correct. Um, And that's where... That can be a risky time. And I have, of course, I have stats. It's my mm-hmm. thing. Yep, you're um, right. <laughs> just a couple. Stat girl. <clears throat> Sorry, because these are scary stats. Um, the National Institute of Justice um, has said that the first few months of the year, school year are the highest risk time for sexual assault in their data on that issue. Yep. Um, and in the first few weeks of the 2014 academic year, according to Inside Higher Ed, at least eight first-year students at United States colleges died due to alcohol-related yep. incidents. And and what that says um, is, to me, based on our experience, is that that college effect actually can amplify to a point where students are making decisions that um, are not only poorly informed, but they're also fueled by this uh, sense of uh, this idea that nothing bad's going to happen to me. How bad can it get? Um, and they're they're quite out of touch with what what are actually, uh, what are the true risks of the behavior that they may be um, taking part in. And, you know, Beth told a fun story at the beginning about people who brought her to the shittiest bar in Long Island to... Legitimately. Like, I think it's closed because well, it was that bad. No, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, when I was in college, it was Mary Ann's in Chestnut Hill. That, <laughs> which is also which closed is still now. closed now. <laughs> um, and, and Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts, and it was just like this awful place, but it was like this this place that everybody went to um, because it was a, a, you know, some kind of requirement or something, but that when you kind of combine this fuel, you, you kind of feel this thing where you've got kids who are looking to be accepted, trying new things, trying to find their place. Some of them might be sad. Some of them might be scared. Some of them might be overconfident, whatever it is that they're doing. Um, and then they take part in these activities and, um, you know, those first six-week stats um, are legit and that they are the things that make the headlines, 
but the mm-hmm. things that don't make the headlines are the kids who may not have gone to the hospital or overdosed or anything like that, but they made a they made a decision that will rock them for a period of time during that 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 first year, and they say that was bad. That was not a good decision, and and maybe it would be about alcohol or drugs or who they had sex with, but it also could be about I just didn't study for a test and I flunked my first test, and that's that first six weeks is is also an academic environment as much as it is a social environment, um, and that's and that's important for us to kind of keep in in perspective. So let's let's pause for a little break, and then when we return, we're going to talk a little bit about what parents can do to coach your student through the first six weeks. Yes. Twin XL is supported by Sunstein, Kahn, Murphy, and Timbers, a boutique law firm specializing in intellectual property. Sunstein's attorneys are passionate representatives of their clients' ideas, technologies, and brands. And Sunstein's broad range of expertise in the intellectual property field including patent and trademark litigation, sets it apart from the competition. Visit Sunstein at sunsteinlaw.com. That's S-U-N-S-T-E-I-N-Law.com. Contact Sunstein to see how your intellectual property can be winning intellectual property. So we're back, and we're going to talk a little bit about how uh, parents of college students can help their students through the first six weeks. Yep. Um, After we've just left you with all kinds of data, and you're not going to, yes. you're going to want to handcuff you're, your kid to the house. You're okay. scared, and you don't want them to go, mm-hmm. but they should go mm-hmm. because most of them are going to work it out. That's right. Um, one of the first things, and this might be tough for everyone involved, but you should insist that your student not come home yes. during the first six oh, weeks. Oh, God. Just no. The answer is no. <laughs> They're going to say, can I come home for the three? No. You make a freaking plan. Okay. You parents make a plan. Go somewhere. That thank you. <laughs> exactly. Right? Because here's what happens. They say as you're leaving, it's like, don't worry, you'll be home in a few weeks. Bad idea. Make them sit down and stay on that campus for the first six weeks. And I would even say, I'm going to put an asterisk on this. While you can't prohibit them visiting friends at other campuses, if you find out your kid is leaving their campus to go visit a boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend, Mm -hmm. someone they found on Tinder, whatever it might be, every weekend, that is not helping either. So they kind of have to immerse themselves in their environment for them to actually create a level of connectivity. My freshman year roommate, <clears throat> was from a town pretty local to campus. She yeah. was from Massapequa. Yeah, that's a shock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she is awesome. Um, but she had a boyfriend at home oh. who she would leave campus every weekend to go see. his name was Tony. It actually was Jim. Oh. They're married now, oh. wildly enough. Wild. Okay, um, I apologize, Jim. <laughs> sorry, Jim and Kathy. Jim, Jim you guys and Kathy are great. from Massapequa. <laughs> but seriously, like... I bet they have a good Chinese restaurant down there. They probably do. So she Island has excellent Chinese restaurants. She used to leave campus every weekend to visit him, and then they actually broke up for a period of time. And then, and she actually, I remember her saying, like, wow, like I was missing a lot by going home. Right. Um, And she, I mean, it turned out fine for her. She got connected. She actually joined a sorority. Mm -hmm. She, like, uh, became an RA. She did tons of stuff on campus after freshman year. Right. Um, and, and then and can I highlight something about yeah. this is that there is also a divide here between people who are first generation college students and people who are mm-hmm. not. And really good point. And, and that a lot of first generation college students don't go to school far away. They go to school close to home because it's it's a connectivity thing. It's a little nervous. Parents aren't quite ready or the student isn't or mm-hmm. it might also be a financial reality. Now, yep. that being said, 
a lot of first gen students have a need to go home because of work. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't want to dismiss that because that is a real legit reason. If your child needs to come home on the weekends because they're maintaining a job back home um, that's helping them go to college. I know what we were just saying. They need to be on campus for six weeks. But as a parent, in terms of how you're coaching them, say if you come home during the day because you're working at the Target or you're working at our local, you know, fish store or what a fish. I don't know why I brought a fish. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really feeling like fish fry lately. I don't know why. Because I'm going to the Cape next week. It is and Friday. I'm like, and I'm literally, it is Friday. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I want you to realize. <laughs> thank you, Dave. I want you to realize that even if they're coming home to work, or do service, or take care of a family member, mm-hmm. saying to them, okay, when are you going back to school? When are you going back? Is there an event tonight? You need to go back tonight. I want you to spend the night in the residence hall. I want you to be back on campus. It's really important. I can't stress this enough that they need to be on campus those first mm-hmm. six weeks. May I ask a quick question? This is sure, Producer sure. Dave chiming in. So I just took my son on a college trip, and we went to American University and had lunch with a uh, uh, friend of his that is, you know, a year ahead of him, so she's already enrolled there. Mm-hmm. And she said the thing she loves about the school is the ability to go downtown. So she goes yeah. downtown with her friends, museums and restaurants and blah, blah, blah. And Griffin and I looked at each other and kind of went, hmm, like, well, you, you're, it's your freshman year, you're already going downtown all the right. time. Now, is that the, <clears throat> the type of thing that you would say, okay, like, if someone falls in love with a city school for, for oh, yeah. the purpose of the city? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. No, no I, think that, I think the issue is not so much that you absolutely need to do things on campus, although that's helpful for getting engaged, but I think engaging in the local community is yeah. great, too, and especially if you are in, if you're at a school in New York City or D.C. or L.A. or somewhere that's going to have, like, right. big city stuff. Cool. That's well, awesome. I, I actually, uh, I will say this. One of the first things I did when I arrived, <clears throat> excuse me, my freshman year at Boston University um, in 1985, okay, and that's what the tea was still shitty in 1985, but well, that's another <laughs> episode for a different show. Um, but one of the things that, that um, my R.A. actually said to me was everyone should get on the tea. Mm-hmm. and explore the city so you become more versed to it. Now, this was 1985 when there wasn't really this like welcome week phenomenon like we have now. Right. And if but if you were sending your kid off to a school in an urban environment, I bet you dollars to donuts there is some activity that takes them off campus yeah. so they become aware of it. And I I did it on my own. I literally, mm-hmm. at the time, I think a tea ride was 75 cents. So I got on the tea. I took it all the way to one end. I got off. I had a piece of pizza. I got on back on the tea, took it to the other end, got a, a, a frap, which I went <laughs> to the store. It's kind of a milkshake. They're like, look at no, me. You like, can't. No, you can't. You have no frap. <laughs> and I got back on the tea and I went to another. I think I went to like every point this on the tea. This is the, the most tea. New England story ever. <laughs> it was. The only thing that would make it more is if you forgot your exit fare and you got stuck on the I tea. Got Stuck oh on the team, and, it's Laura and he never returned. No, he never returned. I, I know my Kingston trio. I know it. Okay, so anyway, now we've lost everyone in Iowa. Okay, so but when you send people off that first six weeks, I agree with Beth. Like you know, connecting with them through Skype and FaceTime is really important. Making you sure you're putting some face on them to make sure they're showering and that yeah. <laughs> actually look. And are you know, they wearing their makeup to the dining yes. room? Yes. <laughs> and you know if they are homesick and you're close enough to visit there's nothing wrong with a visit for a dinner yeah um or you know a weekend day to go shopping or do something but really like laura was saying whether they can stay on campus or have to come home and work but like really encourage them to engage encourage them to be there as much as possible and engage in the campus or that local community um 
send them mail, mm. send, send actual a, mail, send real mail, send a care package. And just uh, the most important thing on the list really is just to listen. Yes. Like you're going to get phone calls that are going to scare you or worry you mm-hmm. because they're going to probably get homesick. Yeah. I didn't think I would as a first year student. I had like made a really good friend at orientation and I made really good friends in the first weekend. And I was like having the best time and just thought it was the greatest. And I'd been home away from home before as well right. for right. summer jobs. And then it did hit me like six weeks in where I really was homesick. And it so so it gets everyone eventually. (laughs) And I think the best thing you can do is listen. And as a parent, just not make big decisions or have them make big decisions when they're homesick and upset. And I think there's also you got to remember is that your child is going to call you with these emphatic statements of nobody is doing anything I I want to do. I have no friends. Everybody here smokes pot 24 (laughs) hours a day. I was like, well, maybe your next door neighbor does. I mean, like, you know, my next door neighbor in college, my freshman year, her and her boyfriend would come home. She had a a room all to herself because her roommate moved in and like didn't last an hour and a half. Okay, and so she had this room all to herself. Her and her boyfriend would come back to the room. And this was back in the days of, of records. Not even CDs. <laughs> this is back in the days of records. And they would have sex to the first side of Prince's Purple Rain. That's what they would do I mean, every day. I get it. I get I, it. I, I'm like, you You do you. Yeah. That, that is where, if that's where your mojo is coming from, awesome. Okay? But our the res hall I lived in, the, the outlets in the room had kind of a crack around them. Right? And so you could hear absolutely clear as day what was happening in the room next door. And, you know, there was moments where I would, like, call my dad. I'm like, Dad, these people next door, they're disgusting. And they're <laughs> that is a really good song. <laughs> like, I'm, having an imp- I'm having a very emotional moment here. Oh, my here. God. But, like, but I said, my father, his answer was, well, don't listen, you asshole. <laughs> like, like, all right, well, that was about right. Oh my but you have to have these moments. Oh, my God, Prince was so good. Uh, Can we just truly. have a moment? Um, also, shout out to my friend Adam, whose whose freshman year roommate was literally the, was a sophomore and was literally the pot dealer. Yeah, so, <laughs> so that makes for a weird experience. You have these weird experiences, anyway. but your kid's going to call these emphatic moments, and you know your kid. And so, from a coaching coaching you to coach your kid, you know are there there are these like look. I need you to just tell me what's the reality. Mm-hmm. I don't, I like, sweetie, I remember the time when you said everybody had a, you know, yeah. you know, a pair of and Ugg boots and then you yes. came home <laughs> and you said no one's wearing them anymore. And it's like, well, you right. told me everybody had them. You have to have these moments of saying, I'm going to call you on this. And what is it that's really upsetting you? What is it the thing that is getting you so amped up? Is and, it a fear of missing out? What is it? Yes. And also being able to say, you know, if they or when, because this is almost inevitable when yeah. they call you and say, I hate it here. Come get me. Yes. To be able to say to them, let's revisit let's, that tomorrow. Yeah. Let's let's like take a minute or like make a deal of like, you know what? Do one more week. Let's talk about it in a week. Like whatever, yeah. whatever works. Right. But give them time and, and sort of push them a little to take the time and, and wait it out. Because yes. the feeling nine times out of ten is going to pass it will um we're going to take one more little break and then come back and talk a little bit about what your students college is likely going to do about these first six weeks yes because <laughs> here we go <laughs> yes <laughs> Why, my family, why, 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 why,
TA. <laughs> oh, we never return. Oh, we never return. Hi everybody, I'm Chami DePerel. Let me take a minute to tell you about the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast? The Boston Podcast Network can produce one for you. Whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional, you should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head, literally. Pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships, clients, and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. Go to Pod617.com to start planning. And in the meantime, listen to the great shows they've already produced. The Irreverent Bitchless Bride Podcast, the hilarious show known as Shawshanked, and the wild trip through the paranormal that is Monsterland. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com. In pod, we trust. So we are back, and we're going to talk a little bit just about what your student should do um, during those first six weeks and what their college is probably going to do. Yes. So your student, you and you can help with this, you can be the coach again, really should try to um, get into a routine, mm-hmm. try to like still get enough sleep and eat yes, <laughs> as much as they, they like, should. Yeah. Try, try to like follow that. But if your kid stuff. wasn't a breakfast person, don't tell them right. to go down to the damn <laughs> dining hall and eat breakfast. If they've yeah. never eaten a, anything more than a pop tart in their last 10 years, shut up. Have you been bugging my house? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but just, uh, you know, kind of impress upon them. Like, as we talked about earlier, like you're in charge of your schedule now. Yes. And so it's up to you to sort of figure out like how, when do you need to go to bed? When do you need to wake up? Like mm-hmm. how much time do you need to get ready? What do you need to do? They should also take the time to get familiar with what's on campus to help them, even if they don't need it. Yet. Yes. So even if they are not in trouble and their first six weeks is going awesome and they love it, mm-hmm. meet, tell them like, get to know your RA, go to some floor programs, find mm-hmm. out who your advisor is, find out where the yeah. like, there's, there's likely on most campuses to be a first year experience office or a first year advising office mm-hmm. there's a counseling center like find out at least and i would take where it, they are and i would <laughs> i would literally say to your kid okay i am going to ask you at the end of each week a question okay mm-hmm. and i'm going to say did you meet your advisor and if their answer is no bad that's bad <laughs> okay they need to go Meet their, I mean, it makes me crazy. It would make me absolutely batshit when I would sit with a student and I'd say, so Dave, tell me about classes. And Dave would be like, well, they're going okay. And I'm like, so what are you taking? And you say, well, taking Math 101. And I said, well, who are you get for that? Who's your professor? You've had class for three weeks. I don't know. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> He's got a beard. He's got a beard, right. Oh, that, that narrows it that down. That narrows it down because <laughs> most of the men who teach math have beards and... <laughs> You know, can we fact check? That? Can we fast fact check that? <laughs> fact check Google math instructors <laughs> plus beards percentage. Okay, so if but that there is when they have no interest, and this is my point of this, they take zero to no interest in knowing who their instructors are, who their advisor is, who are the people on campus who can actually help their sorry ass when it comes down time to get some help. They're not going to go get it. So. If there is anything you take from this is that, A, 
do not. And I know what you're doing right now, parents. You are Googling the names of the freshman advisors. You are Googling the names of the counselors. You're Googling all this stuff. Shut up. Put your phone (laughs) down. Don't do that. Okay? You want to push your kid to have some accountability so that they know. And they put that information, if they have notes in their phone, whatever is the way they're going to hold this information, have them put it down and know where to go and who to ask for. I got a phone call the other day from a former student of mine um, who, when uh, the institution I was at uh, closed up shop, uh, so I was at Mount Ida College when it closed, so Mount Ida was in Newton, Massachusetts, and when the institution closed, all of our students ended up at other schools, and I got a phone call the other day from a former student who was asking for help at their new place because she said as, you know, she wasn't getting the answers that she wanted, and I was giving her some coaching, and then she said, you know what? The one thing you guys always taught me at Mount Ida was that I should write down who I talk to, and I have been doing that, and that has been helpful. And and that's one of the things. You need to be coaching these folks because I can't tell her all the names of everybody, and you as a parent can't do that. So make sure that you're you're arming them with that, but holding them accountable, that's a good way. Accountability is a good way for coaching them. Mm-hmm. And to wrap up, the last <laughs> thing that – you and your student both can be on the lookout for. You may have heard about this already if you've attended parent orientation. Yeah. Um, if you haven't yet or if, you know, there's other parent stuff during move-in weekend, you might ask questions about this. What does the college do during the first six weeks to, yes. to try to engage students? So be on the lookout for things like this. Are there welcome week programs? Mm-hmm. Does the resident assistant have like a first floor meeting to talk about policies and talk about how students can get help? Is there an organization fair where your student can learn about clubs they might want to join? Are there um, late night programs so that if students don't want to drink alcohol or just don't want to drink all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, that there's something to do on campus that is not a party? Um, Are there and is that sort of stuff happening just in the beginning or does it it go throughout the year? Sustainable and is it all your thing? Um, So just, you know, find that out or encourage your student to find it out as well um, because those are the sorts of things that most colleges do now because Mm -hmm. we know about the first six weeks. We're aware this is the time we need to engage This is not a big shock. Like, this is not new information. (laughs) We know we need to do this. And that idea of this late night programming and that sort of stuff, that's really important. And Beth brought up earlier about coming up with a schedule. What we know um, is it's students who get engaged, whether it be get a part-time job. That's another thing in the first six weeks. A lot of these institutions do not pre-place students into jobs on campus. Over the first six weeks, they need to hustle their bustle around campus and find on-campus jobs. If your kid's been um, approved for uh, work-study they should be connecting immediately with the resources on the campus to sign them up for a job, okay, and get them into the job. So if they have a job, if they're participating in a varsity or club sport, if they're in an organization, um, whatever the case may be, the, the more you can create structure, we talked about this earlier, Beth brought it up, high school is very structured, whereas college is more, um, you know, free form, okay? Mm-hmm. By creating structure, you're creating success. The student can actually become more successful if they have to be someplace and they have to structure their time around it. Um, The NCAA has a lot of data on this about um, varsity athletes, Division I, II, and III, who when they are in season, their academic success is higher Mm -hmm. because they have less time to fuck around, okay? (laughs) And 
you know, it, it's it's an absolute truth. If you can create your own structure and create a schedule that has meaning and actually is able to give you the time you need to um, academically succeed, um, that's great. So that brings us to the end of that topic. Um, I hope everyone is feeling very ready for the first six weeks. I am. Um, a couple of housekeeping things before we outro. Um, I want to give a thank thank you, Laura and I both do, to those folks that contributed to our crowdfunding campaign to kind of help us get this podcast off the ground. So I'm going to read those names. Shout out to Jessica Gallagher, Claudia Trevor Wright, Melissa Devine, Camilla Boyce, Melissa Scuchamari Pastor, Sarah Hudson, Heather Wilcox, Christina Smith, Shelley Traeger, Candace Johnson, and Yvette Velez. Thank you all so much for your contributions. Thank you guys so, so much. You rock. Um, also want to let folks know that if you missed that opportunity but want to contribute on an, in an ongoing sort of way, we've set up a page at Patreon. So at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Twin XL podcast. Yep. You can set up to offer monthly support in as low an amount as a dollar a month if you'd like. What else can you get for a dollar a month? I don't know. Can you sponsor a child still? No, not for a no, dollar a month. Not for a dollar a month. It was no. the price of a cup of coffee a day. Yes, exactly. um, I got to remember that. So <laughs> also... Uh, look for us on Twitter at TwinXLPod. Email us at TwinXLPod at gmail.com. Um, please send us your feedback. Send us questions. Let us know what you want to hear about. We would love to hear from you. Um, and we are also on Facebook as well at TwinXL Podcast. So until next time. Yes. And we want to thank David Yaz, our wonderful producer. Always. My pleasure, ladies. At your service. This is a production of Pod 617. Hooray. Hooray.